This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. Get on into Tanner's, watch all the football action this weekend into Monday. I was in there uh, for the Ohio State game, actually uh, on New Year's night, and it, it was it was hopping. Lots of people uh, taking in the the good food and watching the games on TV. So get on into Tanner's. 30th and Yankee Hill. It is your premier South Lincoln sports bar. But let's pick up back up here um, with Tom Deanhart here, our guest uh, on the Husker Online show this week. Tom, I wanted to g- get into the coaching carousel, um, particularly with assistant coaches in general. It just seems like things are a little slower this year. Um, it could be pandemic-driven. It could be there just aren't a lot of jobs open. Um, it also just seems like people wait now until far away from signing day uh, to solidify rosters before uh, they make some of these changes. I mean, what, what is your take on, you know, maybe how slow it has been on the carousel front? Well, yeah, you're right. From a head coaching standpoint, most of these jobs are filled, um, you know, Big Ten-wise. Obviously, we saw Beatham get the job at Illinois. He's starting to assemble his staff. We've seen some names already announced as hires in Champaign. Um, of course, all the Jim Harbaugh speculation, right, Sean? Um, uh, word is the contract has basically been drawn up. Like I think, I think it's a five-year deal. Um, but here's the big but. He hasn't signed it yet. And he's back in Ann Arbor. So people, of course, are, are naturally saying, well, as these NFL jobs open up, uh, maybe he still wants to kick the tires on some of those before he signs his Michigan deal. As we know, Sean, there's a lot of NFL jobs that have opened up the last few days. So that's something we're all are going to continue to monitor. Now, as far as assistant coaches go, yeah, I mean, we've seen some, some help wanted signs put up for defensive coordinators. You know, Purdue needs one. Michigan needs one. Uh, Northwestern needs one as well. So uh, we've seen some dribs and drabs there from an assistant coaching standpoint. So it's always fun to see how these things unfold and watch this carousel spin. Are you buying any of the talk that Pat Fitzgerald could be looked at by the NFL? Sure, I, I certainly think so. Uh, other teams have kicked the tires on him in the past, the Green Bay Packers and I in particular. Um, I think if you're an NFL owner or GM, you'd like to talk to Pat. Uh, maybe Pat wants to scratch that itch. Most people think he's not going to leave Evanston except for one job, and that would be the Chicago Bears job. And with the way they finished the year, Matt Nagy, uh, they got to eight and eight during the playoffs. So I don't know if I don't think they're going to have an opening with the Bears. So who knows? You never say never. But Pat, if anybody seems like they're they're married to his job forever, he's got a good situation there. So yeah, I'm sure maybe there's someone will still want to talk to him and who want to listen. And we've seen some other college coaches get wooed. Dan Mullen, supposedly, with the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, uh, ex-college coach Urban Meyer, maybe the hottest commodity of all, right? Um, who's it going to be, the Jacksonville Jaguars or maybe the San Diego Chargers? So i tell you what, Sean, it's going to be fascinating if he does take an NFL job to see how a guy like that who couldn't hardly even take stomach one loss a year, how, how is he going to deal with maybe going 2-14 and 14 in the NFL? You know, Tom, with the lack of big college jobs open right now, it, it almost feels like the, these agents are using these op- NFL openings to ensure some of their clients get raises and get extensions right now just because there aren't a lot of those big SEC jobs or Big Ten jobs that typically can get a coach a big raise or extension. Yeah, you're right, and that's probably because of the COVID stuff. Uh, 
not as many coaching changes in college maybe as there typically would have been. And yeah, some of the stuff just may be agents floating stuff. There may be nothing to it. But I do think uh, there's something to the notion that these NFL owners have become more and more enamored the last, I don't know, Sean, four or five, six years with NFL, with, with college coaches, college offenses, and the college quarterbacks, how they're used at that level, where maybe that, that market is really going to be more of a viable, you know, a, a place to shop for NFL teams, guys like Lincoln Riley in particular. You know, maybe more college coaches certainly will be able to make that leap to the NFL if they want. We're talking to Tom Deanhart here. Tom, uh, roster management in college football in the Big Ten is a big storyline as well as everybody gets a free year. And, you know, you've got a lot of these seniors that kind of find themselves in a late round undrafted free agent purgatory where they're they're coming back. Uh, Nebraska's gotten JoJo Dolman back for another year. They're, they're going to probably get a few other key guys back. I'm curious, how's it look on the Purdue front? Are they getting some of these – seniors that are good enough to still start at Purdue, but maybe not quite good enough to get drafted to come back another year? Nobody of that ilk has set a peak, Sean. We were just talking about that today with some of my colleagues. Um, Purdue's had four or five guys here that are leaving. They're not coming back. Uh, they're better. Some of their better seniors, but some of the other guys, there hasn't been a peep. Um, so there's a few guys I'm sure Purdue would love to have come back for an extra year. Um, uh, if they do, I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, this whole roster management thing is going to be fascinating moving forward, especially with the transfer portal, which you and I watch very closely. Um, boy, uh, I mean, that's going to that, that's become a season upon itself, hasn't it? No doubt. <laughs> You've got your high school, junior college signing days in December and February, but this portal thing, I think every coach is going to want to leave. How many spots open? So I'm five to, I don't know, five to eight spots just to, for, for, for grabbing guys out of the portal if you need it. So what a dynamic that's really added to the sport. The only thing that's really keeping it from just completely blowing up is that 25 hard cap rule where teams have to count a transfer portal addition as part of their 25-man recruiting classes. Can you imagine if they took the 25 oh, cap rule off? I didn't realize that. So, yeah, that's, that would be crazy if that was the case. So it's, it's really interesting. I know Purdue wants to shop more in the portal. They've got one kid already. You got a guard from Western Kentucky, um, but Sean, that's not really even a priority spot for Purdue. They, they got to get eyes on defense to help them right now. And there's no way, Sean. Ask yourself this: If you were a defensive player in the portal, you're not going to commit to a school that doesn't even have a coordinator. You don't even know what scheme they're going to run, how you're going to be used, or who your coach is going to be. So, I know from a Purdue standpoint, until they get a coordinator hired they're going to have a hard time getting any defensive guys from the portal to jump on board. Who are they looking at right now? I mean, is there a name that's emerged? As far as, no, not really. Honestly, not, I, I kick a lot of tires every day, sending out texts and DMs to people, some coaches, uh, some agents, and boy, I've, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. I could, I could throw a bunch of names at you, but I can't give you any real ferocity on, on how, how true they, any of these guys really are as candidates. So, no idea. I think with the with the nature of the 2021 season for Purdue, year five for Jeff Brom, three losing years in a row, um, there's a sense of urgency. And, and this is a big hire. This is three defensive coordinators in three years. He can't screw this up. Um, I don't think you can hand the keys to the defense to a neophyte. I think, I think he's got to find somebody with some coaching shops that has done it before. Do you think if they could do it over again, they would have just kept Nick Holt and had him coach in 2020? Yep. I mean, it just seems like 
They got much worse yep. under Bob Diaco. Yep, you're exact. I think I think you're exactly right. I think a lot of people. I was working on a mailbag today, and one of the questions was just that: Should Purdue try to rehire Nick Holt? That's not going to happen. But I think there's some regret. I, I'm guessing maybe there's some regret. You know, sometimes you do things in haste in life. You make a change because it's an easy thing to do. Well, it's easy to fire people, but it's hard to hire good people. And uh, boy, I agree. I mean, Cole, I thought, you know, at Purdue, you're never going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers of 1975 on defense. College football has become such an offensive game now. Even Alabama realizes that. Nick Saban's got an offense that's greater than his defense. And you just have to have a defense that can make some big plays, get off the field on third down, and, and get some takeaways. Um, you're going to give up points and yards. And Purdue's got to always hope to outscore people. So I think what Nick Holt was doing, an aggressive 4-3 defense, was good enough for, for, for Purdue to succeed with the offense that it typically has, too. The only thing that's different sometimes in the Big Ten, I would say, Tom, is uh, the, the weather. I mean, there's going to be that one or two games a year where the, yeah. def- the defense matters and the physicality matters. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you, you're going to – even this year, how late we played into the year – uh, it wasn't that cold this year in a lot of weeks, so you, you could have, you know, you didn't really have to have mm-hmm. one of those ten to seven snow games that we saw a couple of years ago when Nebraska played Michigan State. But don't you agree? Where it's even more of an offensive game now? I mean, uh, oh yeah, they, they, they you, you talk about the, the Alabama example is always cited a lot. And it makes sense where Lane Kiffin, you know, he got to Tuscaloosa and has sort of convinced Nick Saban, you got it, you got to go offense, offense, offense. Where you know, early on, Saban and Tuscaloosa would win 17-14. to 14. They won with defense and running the football. Well, now, my God, they look almost like the fun gun of Steve Spurrier. Um, we've seen their defense get gashed the last few years, give up yards. Uh, but, boy, they can put points on the board. Look at LSU last year with Joe Burrow. What an offense that was. So, um, bottom line is, if, if you can't score 35 or 40 points a game in college football, I don't care how good the defense is. It's probably not going to be able to keep up and and you, you're going to probably have a struggle to, to have a lot of success. Yeah, I had, I had a defensive coach once tell me the coaches that will run the pro-style, uh, slow-it-down offenses versus maybe the up-tempo, hurry-up things you see now more, uh, those are the coaches that – are you know have a huge ego about their defensive stats and and they they don't they don't want to open it up because they don't want their stats to look bad. Well, <laughs> I understand those offenses put pressure on defenses, but uh, I just think you know first of all fans love it, right? Oh yeah. So there's always going to be there's always going to be a segment that likes the, the the bloody knuckle defensive games, but most most fans like the the pyrotechnics, the the big plays, the crazy catches, the high scores. And it's it's here to stay. I think the rules always have favored the the, the offense for years now. Or the, the receivers now are out of sight. Uh, the quarterbacks as well. I mean, you got to build around that offense. And, and if you can, just outscore people. If you have a great defense, fantastic. But again, I think most of these defenses, even the Alabamas, are at times going to get gassed and give up a lot of points and a lot of yards. We've seen it. Well, Tom, I appreciate your time. I hope you're having a good New Year and. And uh, good luck on that coordinator search there. If I hear anything, I'll make sure I let you know. <laughs> you always do. I appreciate it. You're one of the most plugged-in guys that I've ever been associated with in my 30 years, Sean. I appreciate your friendship, and I always love talking. All right, Tom. Thank you very much. When we come back, we'll hear from Robin Washett as Nebraska basketball had their game canceled this week from Purdue. We'll talk to Robin on what's next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.